All right, welcome to the first of its kind, world-changing manufacturers network. Lisa Ryan has her ears to the ground and her heart in the game. Get ongoing education and new connections right here with Lisa and the manufacturers network. Buckle your seat, listen, and spread the word. Here's Lisa. Hey, it's Lisa Ryan, and welcome to the Manufacturers Network podcast. I'm excited to introduce you to our guest today, Suzanne O'Connell. Suzanne is a mechanical engineer and certified Thomas partner. She has 28 years experience in manufacturing, 20 plus years in digital marketing, and nearly a decade serving Thomas Industrial's B2B clients. Welcome to the show, Suzanne. Lisa, thank you so much for having me. Glad to be here. So as we get started, that is a lot of engineering and manufacturing in your background. What was it? Tell us a little bit about your journey. Well, I always loved math and science. So pursuing mechanical engineering um, was a natural path for me. Ironically, I actually started in computer science and then I fell in love with HVAC and refrigeration, thermodynamics classes, if you will. So I kind of changed to mechanical engineering, started in product development, and I was actually writing selection software for a manufacturer of cooling towers, evaporative fluid coolers, product lines like that. Um, I realized I like people as well. And when you're coding software, you're not getting a lot of interaction with people. So I naturally progressed into like inside technical sales roles and then into outside sales roles and finally into the consultation role that I have with Thomas currently. And I know that you do a lot with digital marketing and there's so much going on with this whole internet of things. So share with us a little bit about what that is and how it's making an impact in that industrial space. Well, there's a lack of skilled employees, which is further driving the adoption of automation. Um, There's an accelerated trend to embrace and deploy the industrial internet of things. So businesses are now driving scale through technology and they're able to collect more data than they ever have been able to previously. So when you're talking about automation, How exactly does industrial automation change the way these traditional job roles are viewed? Well, the drive for automation and technology on the shop floor is transforming the way that we look at the future infrastructure and work opportunities in manufacturing. Historically, we've been divided between blue collar and white collar jobs. We're seeing the emergence of new collar jobs that combine complex technology and data with traditional manufacturing capabilities. Well, I know that one of the things we've been seeing in the last several years is this large influx of millennials into the industrial space. So how have you seen this demographic creating those new opportunities and challenges? Well, it's an interesting time where we're about 50-50 between our millennial managers and our baby boomer generation. So that's really changing dynamics in the office. Um, this new generation has very different requirements for doing business, right? They've grown up with the internet their entire life. They're used to getting things um, in an instant and they don't tolerate slow any longer. So it's creating some interesting dynamic tension between employees and business and their customer base as they rise in positions of authority. But we're also seeing our baby boomers actually adapt millennial behaviors. So we're seeing a lot more engagement electronically versus phone activity that we had seen historically. And how have you seen, I know one of the questions that I get a lot from my clients is actually attracting 
uh, millennials and Gen Z into this industrial space. So we're looking at this IoT, we're looking at all of this digital automation coming in, but what are some of the things that you're seeing that companies are, are using to attract these new generations? I think they're naturally attracted to technology and the reporting capabilities and things that come with that, whether they're taking roles in purchasing and doing online sourcing, um, taking roles in marketing departments where they're able to do digital you know, initiatives, or if they're working out on the shop floor, but they're using latest and greatest technology on that equipment. And I know the big thing that we've all been talking about this year or for the past year has been COVID-19 and the way that it has impacted how manufacturers are marketing their products. So what are you seeing that's different this year regarding industrial marketing efforts? Well, there's definitely an acceleration. Um, There's a need to have a digital presence more than ever. Some of the other methods of reaching customers like trade shows fell by the wayside because of the pandemic. Adjusting from word of mouth and they'll call me if they need me kind of mentality to developing actual strategies, right? So that they can lead and and nurture prospective customers, providing a a buyer's journey, if you will, uh, through content and their own digital presence. And so what would be when you don't have access to historical things like trade shows, share a little bit more about what that agile strategy would be, something that somebody listening today might consider implementing. Yeah, so you you have to have kind of a comprehensive and cohesive strategy. Um, It's a long, complicated buying process now, and there's multiple stages that take place, and there's different types of content that support visibility throughout that buyer's journey. We're finding that not only is it long and complicated, but it's also primarily self-guided. So the need to reach somebody at an earlier entry point in the conversation has become a marketing necessity. Um, we're seeing a lot of our, our customers adapt educational type of content in the form of ebooks, white papers, case studies, so that when people are early on in the stages of a new product development or a new project, they have content to support visibility when they're in the research stages. So moving from there, you know, you have to have a good foundation. Foundation is obviously the website, right? That's what all of your digital marketing efforts are intended to drive visibility and opportunity to. From there, you need to build quality traffic, right? Because it's not just about reaching more people, but it's about reaching the right people. We're finding our clients are developing strategies for their niche focus. Who are their buyers? You know, what are the capabilities that set them apart from competition and things like that and trying to market specifically to those business objectives rather than just throwing things at the wall to see what sticks. And I know that Thomas has done a lot of research in that area. So what would be one of the studies you were talking about, the the steps in the industrial sourcing process? Yeah, so we actually did the most comprehensive study that's been done into the industrial buying process. And we actually uncovered that there can be up to 139 touches that take place from someone establishing a need and making a purchase decision. Found that holds true regardless of industry focus, job function within the organization, or product and service being sourced. So from all of those multiple jobs to be done, um, they're looking for ways that they can speed that process up. 
they funnel down into six distinct stages. I think I mentioned research as being one of those design evaluation, you know, or other steps that we see. But the biggest frustration we hear from buyers and suppliers is the time it takes to produce a quote. So our clients are looking for faster, more responsive ways for their sales team to follow up on leads. They're looking for more qualified leads to come through so that they have to do less to nurture those. Um, it's really, you know, kind of a combination of a lot of things. So 139 steps, holy cow. (laughs) (laughs) What are you seeing as far as being able to speed up the process? What are some of the sourcing trends that you're seeing within Thomas? And do you expect that to continue? Yeah, so it's to speed up the process, um, Thomas has done some things on our platform to make it easier to get the job done. Um, we've introduced supplier validation filters, the ability to filter on quality and, and diversity, all different things that, that matter to people when they're buying products. So we're trying to you know, continue to make improvements to the platform to make it easier for them to find the right supplier. For our clients, we're making sure that they're accurately represented in the space, making sure that there's a lot of really robust content about what they do and who they do it for so that when people are looking for their products or services, they have good, accurate information and it makes it easier for them to be found. So as far as sourcing trends, um, just in in general, anything that's packaging, bottling, private label, um, that's going through the roof. Um, obviously things that are related to PPE through the roof, but we're seeing an uptick in sourcing across all products and services, which is fantastic. It shows the strength in U.S. manufacturing, which we love to see, Um, but there's a lot of reasons for that. I think, you know, obviously there's reshoring that's going on. Um, There's hiccups in supply chain that are, are still taking place from shutdown, you know, last spring. So there's going to be a a continuation of needs and then new products coming out as a result of, of changes that are taking place in society. So let's just back it up for a couple minutes here. If somebody is not familiar with Thomas and exactly what it is that you do. Sure. So uh, Thomas has four uh, centers of excellence, if you will. Thomasnet.com is our supplier sourcing platform. At risk of, of dating myself, we had the Thomas Register, which were big green books, and I actually sourced out of those my first job out of college. 2006, we took everything online and we, we stopped printing the Thomas Register. We now have over 70,000 categories, which represent products and services, um, system integration, anything that's you know manufacturing related. And we have 1.2 million active registered users that are using the platform to find um, suppliers for those products and services. So that's one area of excellence for us. We have our product data solutions group, so very advanced web solutions. If you need interactive product catalogs, e-commerce solution, we're even doing 3D CAD and BIM on the fly for clients. Um, So a lot of strength with our technology there. And then we're a full-blown digital marketing agency. So anything that impacts our clients online, website development, search engine optimization, even full uh, comprehensive inbound marketing strategies that we implement on their behalf. And then our our latest segment um, is our industry data. We used to talk about our data within thomasnet.com, but there's been so much interest in it that we've kind of pulled it out into its own pillar. Um, So Thomas is sharing sourcing trends, index reports. There's a lot of power in first-party data, and we track everything that's on the platform. So we're able to identify trends, like I said, in in sourcing, but also pockets in the U.S. where there's more opportunity for those products and services. Uh, We even had a roundtable at the White House not too long ago to talk about trends in U.S. manufacturing. Wow. 
Yeah, I am one of the people that back in the day when I was in industrial sales, I used the Thomas Register. So the big green books, very familiar with those. Occasionally, I'll still see them on the shelf in some clients' offices, which always makes me smile. (laughs) So so what are some of the challenges with family-owned manufacturing businesses that they're facing in regard to uh, succession and you know, what does Thomas's data forecast as far as those kind of businesses? Um, well, we're actually seeing many businesses being consolidated through private equity acquisition, um, specifically custom manufacturing businesses. A lot of those were started after World War II, um, handed down to you know, the second generation, and they're attempting to make their way to the third generation. Uh, but many of the family members aren't interested in continuing that business. So there's not often a, a family member or a staff person to step into that leadership role. So some of these businesses were run as more of a cult of personality at the end of the day, and they don't have processes and systems to help them survive a transition without some outside funding um, and leadership. So I think that's what we're, we're seeing primarily with custom manufacturing. Uh, It's interesting that you say that because that's exactly what has happened with my husband's company and that they are a set, they're on the second generation and there really wasn't a third generation to hand it down to except for one son. The rest of the kids didn't really have an interest in the business and they were recently sold to private equity. So (laughs) imagine that. Yeah, and you know it's um, it's interesting to see with these acquisitions what take place, and some of them with holding companies where they're you know kind of beefing them up to be sold yet again. So I think it's pretty fascinating. So when it comes to a company who is looking at upping their game with uh, digital technology, what would be your best tip to help them get started? I think starting with an understanding of what their digital footprint looks like currently is is first and foremost. You know, we talk about that foundation. Um, is it solid, right? Um, otherwise, some of the other initiatives that you can take on are a lot like landscaping before the house is built, right? So you have to kind of see where you are currently. You know, most companies have a pain point. So, so what is that? You know, what is the hole in their current marketing that they're trying to fill? You can customize strategy around any marketing budget. And there's different, um, you can be more aggressive if they have the funding to do that, or you can be more conservative and and tackle what needs to be done first. So oftentimes I'm talking with clients and and giving them different levels of engagement, helping them understand what they need to do now, um, but where they're likely to be two, three years from now so that they're, they're planning with that bigger picture in mind. How are some of the ways that Uh, you help the clients that you work with and what's the best way for people to get in touch with you if they want to learn more? Um, Ways that I help, but again, just listening to their business objectives and aligning digital marketing initiatives with those, Um, whether they partner with Thomas or not, at the end of the day, I want them to have a better understanding of what today's buying process looks like and what they need from a digital strategy to ensure their success long-term. So um, a complimentary digital health check is something that I provide, you know, customized strategy, you know, we can look at together. So that would be, you know, where I would start with anybody that had an interest. And what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? LinkedIn is great. Um, Email is fantastic. Phone, text, I'm pretty much available. And, you know, with technology, there's not that um, separation from work that we used to be able to experience. So um, 
email address is s.oconnell at certifiedthomaspartner.com, which is probably the longest email in history. Um, <laughs> and my LinkedIn you know, profile is Suzanne O'Connell and um, happy to share links with you if that's something that you can pass along, Lisa. Sure, I can put those in the show notes. That would be great. All right. Well, Suzanne, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been great to have a conversation with you. I've enjoyed it as well. And I look forward to future podcasts, Lisa. Thank you. You're very welcome. I'm Lisa Ryan, and this is the Manufacturers Network Podcast. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Hey, do me a favor. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Also, feel free to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues so we can grow the network and connect more fantastic folks just like you. You can either go to the website at manufacturers-network.com or share the podcast on your LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you and your industry friends hang out. The bigger and faster we grow this network, the stronger and deeper community we will have. I appreciate you. Thank you.